0: And now it's time to enter the lair with this lady. Oh, great move there from... Plus the foul. Ooh, and Isenbarger buries one from long range. Uh, a kick out to That's her second three pointer of the game. Isenbarger's feeling it at the moment. And she splashes that one in her third three pointer. Yes, fresh from the most stunning performance of her career. It's Ash Isenbarger, or is it Isenbarger or Isenbarger? She's mentioned in many different ways at the moment. Ash, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, let's start with this name thing because it does my head in when people can't pronounce my name or spell my name correctly. So, how are we pronouncing your name for the record?
1: <laughs> it is Eisenberger and it's a bit of adjustment for me coming from Grant like everyone knows how to pronounce that so I'm still getting used to it.
0: <laughs> still getting used to it <laughs> but it's always good to hear your name mentioned regardless when you're slamming down three pointers like you were on the weekend it was quite an extraordinary game 19 points 5 three pointers from 7 attempts what was that like um honestly i <laughs>
1: I couldn't tell you, I think it was just that I wasn't overthinking, Um, that I was just trying to do what we needed to do to get the team the win, Um, and I guess the opportunity presented itself where I was open and I shot the ball, (laughs) Um, so yeah.
0: Just, yeah. <laughs> so, five from seven, it's an amazing game. Like, you shot at 31% from the perimeter during the NBL 1 West season, and your career record in the WNBL is 23%, but obviously that's it when you're a younger player as well. You look really comfortable this year, I reckon, with ball in hand. How much work have you done to, to get yourself to this point?
1: Um, it's been a lot of work, honestly. Um, and just like you mentioned before in NBL 1, like, my role has changed. A ton in the last season, especially, but just in the last couple of seasons. Um, and so, having that opportunity on the court, um, I think has really grown my game. Just being able to like be relied on and be a significant role player in a team. Um, I think, yeah, it's a live opportunity to practice against some of the best in the state. And I think that's just been a huge,
0: yeah, credit to my improvement, I guess you could say. <laughs> so have you, have you gone back and forth with the coaches and so sort of said, I want to improve in this part, so can you play me in this sort of a, a role to, to help your WNBL career when you – because NBL One West is a perfect opportunity to work on things during the off-season. So how do you have that conversation to get the role that you need to be the player you want to be at the next level up?
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, growing up as a kid, I was always – the tallest if not one of the tallest on the court but as you get to WNBL level um I'm an undersized big uh so it's been kind of a crucial role for me to stretch into that three four player rather than a four five player and really develop that side of my game where I'm able to play against you know big guards small guards big bigs you know that kind of thing but also be able to guard those like a multitude of different players with different skill sets um so that's been something really important that I've just sort of had to be open about with NBL one coaches and be like hey I'm hoping to play you know this kind of role in WNBL um and yeah thankfully they've all been fantastic coaches that have really helped me work towards that um and be really encouraging in that and yeah
0: So so it's been interesting talking to different athletes over the past 12 to 18 months about how they handled lockdown and what they tried to work on, given they were stuck at home a lot of the time or weren't able to practice with different people. But you were in an an environment where your husband is also an NBL One West player and he's a fair three-point shooter as well. He had more attempts and more three points made than anyone else in NBL One West last season and went at 44%, Jack. So did you two spend a bit of time working on on the three-point range uh, of your game as well, going out to parks or, or? or, or in like that, or is it a pure coincidence that coincidence that you're shooting like this at the moment, at the time when he's shooting like that? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, we definitely we definitely worked on it together, um, and even whether it's you know specifically shooting or not, he is an energizer bunny, and he's always looking to better himself. And I really think that rubs off on me in all areas of life. So um, yeah, I definitely think that that yeah,
0: <laughs> he's been a big factor in that too. So when you think when we talk about him from a family perspective at the moment with everyone over there like it was a really difficult week last week with the with the border news um and it prevents all of you from being able to come home with any surety at the moment you missed your 2 year wedding anniversary earlier this month given that you're, you're uh, over there at the moment um how difficult was it to hear that the border news was going to be so different for your return eventually than what it was when you were told you were leaving
1: Um yeah honestly, it really blindsided us all. Um it's been a pretty, pretty tough couple of days. Um just as we try and navigate that and uh we're still waiting to hear, you know, what our options are. And so just that <laughs> unknown has been really difficult. Um, especially coming from, you know, like a twelve week preseason, uh <laughs> something crazy like that. And just what our season looked like has changed so many times. It's unbelievable um, that it's, it's really, really tricky for us to keep adapting and we're doing the best we absolutely can and supporting. Thankfully, we're a part of a really supportive club. Um, People who lead us, everyone around us is really supportive, but
0: it, it
1: yeah it doesn't change that it really sucks um yeah for all of us in lots of different ways but um
0: yeah so I mentioned when we opened the podcast today that one of my frustrations with the new rules is the alteration to the home quarantine rules because I, I went through it myself having lived in mm-hmm. Queensland covering AFL football twice in, in 2020 you went to the WNBL hub last season came home mm-hmm. were able to live with jack he was able to go to work you could quarantine at home under those rules and now the rules have changed now he can't go to work if you go home like that must make it a really difficult conversation to know what you're going to do when you are allowed to come back
1: yeah thankfully uh i believe the links are you know well, there's no <laughs> nothing set in stone just yet with like what is happening with our season exactly. Um, but I know that they will have our back in whatever way that is. Like a lot of us have roommates that are teachers or husbands or partners, you know, that will be out in the community. And so they're gonna do their absolute best to find us a situation where we're able, you know, where it impacts the people around us the least,
0: um, if we do
1: if it does come down to quarantining. Um
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so then, then there's your job. I mean, you're a you're a professional photographer and a bloody good one. Um, you shoot, so I shoots weddings, engagements, family milestones. When people ring up and say, "Hey, I wouldn't mind booking you in in you know, the first week of March," there's a big difference between saying, "I'll definitely be home" versus "I might be in quarantine" or even "I've booked you in for February twenty and now I don't know where I'm going to be living." Like that must have been really difficult for you to to work through at the moment.
1: Yeah. It, it has been, um, obviously, and like you mentioned, all those things that I do photograph are really important milestones in people's lives. And I always feel so terrible when I'm not able to give them a concrete answer. Um, so it coming into this season, I knew, you know, just based on this past year that there was a lot that was potentially going to change or shift around and become different to what we initially thought. So thankfully I, from the get go, just haven't booked any weddings, um, within this time because that's obviously something <laughs> can't just hey, can you just change your wedding date for me like I'm no longer able to come like that's <laughs> that's a really big deal for me and I take it as a really big honour so I've avoided that um, but yeah, it's I've had to shift around a few engagements um, and family sessions that have been in February where when you know, and even March where when it's not certain that we're going to be back anymore at that point um, so yeah, that's been very challenging but thankfully all the clients that I work with have been understanding at the same time and they all know that, you know, I have a unique combination of professions in a photographer and a professional basketballer. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone out there is getting married or has some children or has an engagement that you want to photograph... Post WMBL says, I can tell you, she's very, very good. Eh? Go, go onto her website, www.asherlolaphotography, photography.com. She also has an Instagram page under Asha Lola Photography. Some of the photos you can view there are absolutely breathtaking. You should check out one that she took last year of a bride standing in front of this beautifully lit table at an outdoor dinner with fairy lights strung up on the wall and the sun setting. It's absolutely majestic that photo and will make you want to hire her for sure <laughs> tell me how you got into photography as a basketballer oh,
1: thank you so much for that um but
0: uh
1: well i've i think my two passions growing up were basketball or just sport in general and i've always had a creative side i definitely got that from my mom um but i just I've always loved it and I was constantly told, oh, you can't make a profession out of that. Like there's not enough, you know, you can't earn enough money from that to make a living and that kind of thing. And it kind of just got to the point where I was like, why, why not? Um and so, I really just gave it a crack, and honestly, it' snowballed a lot faster than I expected um and I think that's because it's easy to put in a lot of work to it because I love it and enjoy it so much um and it really is a passion of mine, and so I think it was more just the natural path that I took to just yeah take it that step further from being a hobby and yeah, <laughs> I love photographing people, and all of that is yeah big combination of things.
0: <laughs> It's funny because you have this joy about you. You can hear it coming through. The, the microphone at the moment its this pure, unadulterated joy, and I've really seen you not smiling, whether it's on or off the court. And I, uh, there's this line on your website which reads, I believe every human is created to love and to be loved. I believe everyone has a story, and when two stories come together to become one, I think that is the ultimate reflection of love. Whatever your adventure to find each other looks like, <coughs> it deserves to be told for years to come. I would love the honour of capturing your moment and how it felt." How Mm. much does that drive you the opportunity to to make genuine memories for people?
1: Yeah, like I said before, it it really is an honor. And uh, just to be able to capture like those small moments that maybe on the day they don't even like the. Wedding days go so fast and the bride and groom or bride, bride, groom, groom, they might not even notice half the things that go on just because they're so consumed with everything else that when I give them back their album, like I really hope that they see other things that are going on with their family members and their friends and even just moments between themselves that they don't even realize at the time. And then it's just like, it's something that's concrete forever and, Our memories fade, but, you know, if you have those photos to look back on, like, I really think that's something special. And it's such an honor that I get to be a part of someone's wedding day. Like, it still blows my mind. And it's, yeah, it's something really crazy. And I really love doing it. And I really love being a part of it. So...
0: I did find it extremely ironic that as I was writing the story the other day, I went into the, the photos from that were taken from the game and the photographers at WNBL in Ballarat have to set up at one end of the court and they'd set up at the other end of the court from where you were nailing threes and there wasn't a single <coughs> photo of the photographer on the court playing basketball who was out dominating the game. And I was like, what an ironic moment in sports, And which is a perfect segue to get into the Dribble Podcast MVP votes from Perth's last two games against Cam. I've gone one vote to our guest Ash for her brilliant second half two votes to Lauren Scherf who became just the sixth Lynx player since the rebrand of 2015-16 to win 14 rebounds she also scored 15 points and had 4 assists and it was three votes to Darcy Garbin for 24 points 9 rebounds and 2 steals then against the Sydney Uni Flames one vote to Lauren Scherf for yet another double-double two votes to Jackie Young after turning the game in the final quarter and three votes was pretty damn obvious Marina Mabry scored 34 points had six rebounds four assists and one steal it was an unbelievable game tell me about marina she's a really interesting cat to watch on the on the court she's intense and she's skilled and she's powerful and everything what's she like to play with she
1: she's a really passionate human on and off the court um but it's been so awesome to be her teammate and just to get around her and the way she gets around us as well. Like, it's not every day you get to play with WNBA players like that of her caliber and Jackie's too. And even just honestly, our whole team—Sammy, Jack, uh, Darcy, Lauren—like they're all amazing players. Um, but yeah, it's it's been awesome to play with Marina this season. Yeah.
0: Is there something about those players that has helped you to become a better player yourself, whether it's training with them or the advice they can give? Is there anything specific which you go, that's really helped me so far this season?
1: Just I – well, there's a lot of things, but the number one thing is every single day we go to training, like I'm playing against some of the best players in the whole country, the whole, you know, WNBA, the WNBL, like they represent Australia. Um, <laughs> so training against them, it's naturally going to make you better. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it still blows my mind. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I look at our team and I'm like, wow, I get to play with these people, and that's
0: so awesome. <laughs> Not only do you get to play with them, so Darcy's the captain, and then the leadership team is yourself and Sammy Wickham. So y- your impact on this team is a lot more than just your ability to play.
1: Yeah, th- that in itself. Um, earlier in the year, when that, or yeah, when that uh, got announced. Um, That in itself was just a really big privilege for me um, to be named on the leadership team alongside such high-caliber players. Um, It's really not something I take lightly. And, yeah, on this team, it's definitely something, um, yeah, I didn't even have the words for it. <laughs> Lots of words.
0: But uh, yeah. <laughs> so what what do you try to do then as a leader? So you're, you're obviously Darcy and Sammy are starting. You're coming off the bench with a lot of players you've played W NBA One West with or against. What are your What are you focusing on with that group to make them better and? F- and what they can learn from when they're sitting on the bench preparing to come on or in some of them who don't get a lot of minutes are watching the game and, and building their progress there. What is, What's your focus point from a teaching perspective as a leader?
1: Um, as a leader, some of the best leaders that I've been under are the ones that serve um, and which is kind of controversial. I think Sammy and Darcy really lead from the front. Um, they, they set the example on the court, off the court. So do a lot of other girls, but um, I guess – I think my role is to be an encourager and to try and speak life into the girls and as much as I can. And, you know, if someone needs a rebounder, like a rebound for them, you know, like just small things like that. Um, I just really tried to, my goal is to just try fill those gaps and just to try serve as best I can. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> Which is a really, uh, to, uh, that shows the, the genuine element of leadership. I think is it, you're, yeah. I find you really interesting. Like, when you look at the challenges of sport, you're a young kid when you debuted in the WNBL at 2015-16. Then you moved to Melbourne Boomers for, for two seasons. You won their Most Improved Player Award. You played in the Grand Final. Then you, then you won Lakeside Lightning's MVP Award. And suddenly you step away from the WNBL to travel with Jack to America, which was an outstanding move in hindsight, given COVID would have meant that you would have never got back there for oh, probably till 2050 at this rate. Um, but what did the time away from the game do for you?
1: Um yeah, well, like you said, I I have been playing in the WNBL since 2015-16, and it was, it's been a year-round thing of going from WNBL to NBL or SBL, and then back to WNBL and then SBL. And it, honestly, it kind of got to the point where I just needed a mental, physical break. Um, there definitely was the side of wanting to go visit Jack's family, and we had our wedding in January and all of that, but it was actually really great to take that time away and be like, no, basketball is something I actually still really want to do. And it was a choice rather than something that I just kind of fell into, you know, season after season. Um, so that was really good just to be able to distinguish that in my own mind and be like, no, I'm choosing to do this now. And um, I'm coming back refreshed and had time away. And obviously Jack, <laughs> Jack and I were still over in the US, you know, working on our game and training with friends that are coaches and that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, it was mainly to just distinguish like, hey, is this something I really want to do? Is it something that I'm just naturally falling into? Or is it something that I really choose to do? And yeah, I chose that I really wanted to do it.
0: And you've chosen to come back at a bloody good time. You're in a damn good team and you're having a big impact with it at the moment too. So hopefully for WA basketball, this can continue. Now we have a segment on the dribble called this or that. Can't sit on the fence. Got to give a real answer. And the question for this week for this or that is around the unsportsmanlike foul late in games. Do you reckon that the unsportsmanlike foul should be removed from the last two minutes of the game to allow for more intentional fouls to stop the clock? Or is it good to retain it so that the team that has already worked up that advantage over the 38 minutes, retains it. Keep it or move it on?
1: <laughs> this is a very controversial one. Um, I, I would say move it on. I've been a part of a few games where that unsportsmanlike call, even though it's not an intentional play, you know, to hurt somebody, but it's been called an unsportsmanlike, and that can have a huge impact in the last few minutes. So I would say move it on just to keep that, you know – Level levelness <laughs> of being able to, like you said, vow to stop the clock and, um, yeah, as a strategic, strategic thing, <laughs> I think it gets
0: what's like. <laughs> interesting, both Vic and Ash, both today, saying that they don't like that rule, which is um, <laughs> interesting from the players' perspective. Well, look, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck for upcoming games against Southside on Thursday and Bendigo on Saturday. May the threes continue to rain for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.